Good day, everybody. You are now tuned into Third World Living Podcast. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate you tuning in, and I appreciate all the feedback that I've been getting recently. And hopefully today, you lived a little and learned a lot. This is my Women's Appreciation Month Day episode that I've been looking forward to releasing, and today is finally the day where I get to release it. I've been trying to find a topic for this podcast for a while, trying to figure out what can I tell women about women, but what can you tell a woman? They already know everything. I finally figured out this shouldn't be a conversation about women for women. It should be a conversation for everyone who doesn't see their worth. And it took me a long time to realize I take women for granted. Regardless of how much I think I understand their struggle, I don't. And saying I do is selfish. Women have been underpaid, underrepresented, underrespected, and underappreciated. But the worst thing is, this isn't under the radar. This is known by millions of people worldwide. So if this podcast does one thing today, I hope it enlightens everyone on the struggles women face and how they overcame it. Because if it's one thing women do, it's overcome adversity. So per usual, I want to start off this episode with a quote about the topic today. Sorry to steal a spotlight, women, but this was said by a man. It's from Eric Gray and William Golden. It reads, I think women are foolish to pretend they are equal to men. They are far superior and always have been. Whatever you give a woman, she will make greater. If you give her sperm, she will give you a baby. If you give her a house, she will give you a home. If you give her groceries, she will give you a meal. And if you give her a smile, she'll give you her heart. She multiplies and enlarges whatever is given to her. So if you give her any crap, be ready to receive a ton of shit. And with that little quote, we are going to head to a small commercial break. Please listen to the commercial. It helps me get paid. So, yeah, be right back. Before the break, I said a quote from a man and it's Women's Appreciation Month. So, y'all know I can't just do y'all like that. This episode today will be special. I will add another quote to jumpstart this episode from a young princess, Malala. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her last name right, but Eustafsa. Who is not only the youngest Nobel Peace Prize winner in history, but a female activist in one of the worst areas for sexism. A little background on her is she was born in Mangora, Pakistan, where she grew up under a government that to this day is suppressing their women's right to live life properly. Her focus was education. Growing up a daughter of a teacher, she was a young, educated youth, but she understood other females were restricted from getting the same opportunity she was. And she spoke out, defying the wishes of the Taliban army, a group created to enforce peace and religion but has lost their ways and corrupted their system to enforce power through punishment and torture, which, to put in perspective, is equivalent to a gang like the Bloods or Crips taking over the United States in sizes equivalent or greater than our government. Despite being up against the leaders of her country, she spoke up to advocate educating women 
which led to her being shot to teach her a lesson and force her to be silent. But instead, she rose and shared her story worldwide. Despite being threatened by an army, threats being placed on her family, having to move away from a place she called home, and dealing with the effects of being shot as a child, she told her story and sent a message not only to activists, but to people of her country that it was time for a change and that they weren't going to wait any longer regardless of the consequences. That's a glimpse of the fight that's still going on to this day, but also to the power of women. And her bravery didn't happen in vain. Outside of having her own foundation to promote education for women globally, she inspired movements like the movement held in Shadara, Pakistan by, forgive me if I pronounced the name wrong, Bushra Khalik, which brought 3.8 million female voters to vote in a country which is ranked last in female votes in the entire world, a place where most of the women aren't even registered under a legal identity. That was a lengthy introduction, to say the least, but the quote she introduced was, We realize the importance of our voice only when we've been silent. And most of us have been silent, not by any one person in particular, but by society itself. So let's talk about some of these amazing women. I want to start off with the people's champ, Harriet Tubman. Everybody knows her as the person who freed a lot of slaves, but... She was an American war hero, scientist, and prophet at her worst. Most people don't know she suffered from narcolepsy, a disease that makes you fall asleep with no control. During these times, she said that she received messages and visions from God. Outside of this, she freed 3,000 people without a single one getting caught. This is equivalent to freeing 300 full city blocks without a single person being detected. Outside of that, she was the first woman to lead a combat assault in the Civil War, where she freed 750 slaves on her mission. Another interesting fact is she cured the disease, forgive me if I pronounce this wrong too, dysentery, which is an infection of the intestines resulting in severe diarrhea with the presence of blood and mucus in the feces. Ill. While I could go on and on about her for days, let's move on to someone with less representation, but certainly not less important. Mary Catherine Goddard, one of the heroes from the Revolutionary War startup eras that you never heard about. She endorsed the women-led homespread movement, which encouraged women to refuse using British clothes and fabrics and instead to knit their own. She published The Common Sense in two parts in the paper and covered the revolution's first battles. Mary Catherine Goddard became the first postmistress in Baltimore and in colonial America. She never missed an edition on the paper. She printed a three-column account of the Battle of Bunker Hill, one of the most important battles in the Revolutionary War. In January 1777, Maybe Mary Catherine Goddard published her most important work, which was the Declaration of Independence with the identities of the signers revealed. It was not only a big news scoop, it also had political impact in forcing all the signers to match their words with deeds. 
Outside of being this revolutionary woman, she was also beloved by her community. When she was let go of her position because her employers felt it was a man's job, the entire city went in an uproar. 200 Baltimore men, including the governor of Maryland, signed a petition to retain her position. They cited that her service was impeccable and appealed to the Senate to reinstate her on the job. A stand-up woman who paved the way and was an instrumental part of why we call our country the United States of America today. Then we have my personal favorite, Ruby Bridges. She became the first black student to integrate into an elementary school. And as a child, she marched through crowds of hostile and angry people who cursed, yelled, thrown objects at her as a little girl. But because of her courageous acts, we have took huge leaps in equality amongst all humans and get to enjoy the fruits of her labor through integrated schools and equality in most areas of life today. Most people know this next person as a writer of poems and books. But Maya Angelou is more than a writer. In her early days, she was a sex worker and abused, sexually abused by her stepfather. But still she rides, and she was the first female to perform a poem at a U.S. president's inauguration. The first black woman to write a screenplay of a major film. She was awarded the Springham Medal by the NAACP. She was awarded the National Medal of Arts by the United States Congress. And in 2010, she was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the highest civilian honors of the United States by President Barack Obama. The next person we have is Anne Frank. Recognized after death, she would never know how documenting her struggles as a Jew during the Holocaust affected millions of people around the world. A true inspiration and a display of bravery and love amongst her family and people who protected her. She helped people embrace all over the world how family is truly important. Next, we have no other than Mother Teresa herself. She helped start congregations that helped build schools and orphanages, manage the homes of those dealing with homelessness, HIV, leprosy, and tuberculosis. She started Missionaries of Charity, an organization which by the end of her life had 4,000 sisters and was operating 610 missions in 123 countries. She also earned a Nobel Peace Prize, and forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, the Bratna Ratna, the highest civilian honors in India, and the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the highest civilian honors in the United States. She opened her first hospice for the sick, destitute, and dying. She did so by seeking permission to use an old abandoned Hindu temple to the goddess Kaila. The hospice provided medical attention to those in need. In the words of Mother Teresa, it was for people who live like animals to die like angels, loved and wanted. Mother Teresa Missionary of Charities opened the Children's Home of the Immaculate Heart. It was their first children's home which cared for orphans. The center took homeless children and provided them with food, shelter, and medical care. 
When possible, the children were adopted out. Those not adopted were given the education, learned to trade, and found marriages. Next, we have the first female self-made millionaire, Madam C.J. Walker. And we all know her story, but a lot of people don't know that she was an orphan at 7, married at 14, and widowed at 20. She was a single mother earning $1.50 a day as a washerwoman, and years later became a millionaire after she realized she was losing her hair. And in the 1890s, she relocated to Denver, where apparently black women's hair suffered from dry climate and developed a hair growth formula, which she turned into a lucrative line of hair products, Madam Walker's Wonderful Hair Grower. Off the hills of her product success, she expanded into more cosmetic markets, from shampoos to cold creams to hot combs. Next, we have another one of my personal favorites, Princess Diana, who looked for treatments for AIDS patients and campaigned for the removal of landmines. She also raised awareness and advocated ways to help people affected with cancer and mental illness. What I love most about her is she was for the people, and in her position, she didn't have to be. She was the princess, and she decided to come and scoop down to the level of regular people struggling and going through adversity to help them. Her being so humble is so courageous. She even went as far as to shake hands with a person with HIV to show people that it wasn't contagious through touch. Her work is truly inspiring. Next, we have J.K. Rowland. She was just a mother of three children who used her spare time to write books. The book she created, the Harry Potter series, which has become the best-selling series of all time and highest-grossing film series in history. She had to change her name to J.K. Rowling because editors wouldn't sign her as a female writer and publish her books. After being denied 12 times, her 13th was the charm, and she finally got her first book published, the Harry Potter series. Next, we have another one of my personal favorites, Amelia Earhart, the first person to fly across the Atlantic Ocean and a bunch of other things. She literally reached new heights by setting the altitude record among women. She became the president of the 99s Club, a women's aviation club she helped to create. Then we have arguably the greatest athlete of all time, Serena Williams, with so many awards it's hard to name. But she has been marked as the greatest female tennis player ever. Then we have, forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, Rigoberta Minshew. She worked to strengthen women's rights worldwide, has dedicated her life to promoting the rights of indigenous people, and no big deal, but she also won a Nobel Peace Prize. Dr. Mae Jimson, an American physician, is the first African-American female astronaut. She worked in a Cambodian refugee camp in Thailand and served in the Peace Corps in Sierra Leone and Libya. Forgive me if I pronounce this wrong. Benazir Bhutto was a political activist 
and she founded an underground organization to resist the country's military dictatorship. She became prime minister at only 35 years old, making her one of the youngest chief executives in the world and the first woman to serve as a prime minister in an Islamic country. Sharon Ibadi is an Iranian lawyer, human rights activist, and the first female judge in Iran opened a legal practice to defend people being persecuted by the authorities, and she is the first Iranian and first Muslim woman to win the Nobel Peace Prize. Next, we have Nadia Murad. She is a prominent voice in the fight to help women and children affected by the war. She was kidnapped by the Islamic State and held captive for three months. She was held as a slave and experienced sexual and physical violence. After her escape, she became the first person to speak on human trafficking to the United Nations Security Council. She's also the founder of Nadia's Initiative, which helped those affected by genocide and human trafficking. She was also awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for her mission to end sexual violence as a weapon of war and armed conflicts. She is the first Iraqi and first Yazidi to receive a Nobel Peace Prize. Next, we have Ellen Johnson Sterleaf. She took office as president in Liberia in January 2006, becoming the first elected woman head of state in Africa. She signed a Freedom of Information Bill, the first of its kind in West Africa, and made a reduction to the number of debt a cornerstone of her presidency. To investigate crimes committed during Liberia's civil war, she established a truth and Reconciliation Commission. As a result, she became a global icon in her commitment to fighting dictatorship, corruption, and poverty through empowerment of women and girls. President Sterleaf won a Nobel Peace Prize for her nonviolent role in promoting peace, democracy, and gender equality. Dr. Elizabeth Blackwell was the first woman to receive a medical degree from an American medical school after overcoming several odds, including admitting to an all-male institution and financing medical school. That institution was Harvard, which denied her her degree because she was female. She was a female at an all-male school. Susan B. Anthony was raised in a Quaker family with deep roots in activism and social justice, inspiring her to become an advocate for women's suffrages women, property rights, and abolition of slavery. In 1872, to challenge suffrage, Anthony tried to vote in 1872 presidential election and was arrested. While Anthony was never able to legally vote, the 19th Amendment, ratified in 1920, was named the Susan B. Anthony Amendment. That's the legal right for all people to vote, regardless of gender. Annie Isley never planned to become a rocket scientist, but she was the valedictorian in high school. And after reading an article in 1955 about women who worked as a human computer for NACA, NASA's predecessor, she applied and was hired and spent the next 34 years of her life contributing to aerospace industry. Following her graduation, Isley hired as one of the four African-American employees at NACA began her career doing calculations for researchers. When human computers were eventually replaced by machines, she learned a handful of programming languages and 
worked as a computer programmer for NASA's Centaur rocket project, which set the technological stages for the space shuttle. Her work also paved the way for the development of the modern hybrid car. In the 1970s, she finally earned her mathematical degree from Cleveland State. A firm believer in education, she participated in school. These next four remarkable women came from the movie Hidden Figures and also influenced Isley. A physician and mathematician, Katherine G. Johnson, who worked with NASA in calculating trajectory, launch windows, and a return pass for many famous flights, which include Project Mercury, which was the first flight from man into space, Apollo 11, the first flight into the moon, and the space shuttle program, plans for a mission to Mars. At the time of her work, African Americans, and especially women, were not respected in the workplace. In 1953, she was hired by NASA and struggled to receive equal recognition for her work. During her time at NASA, she worked under segregated conditions as a computer. Next, you have a mathematician, Dorothy Vagan, who was the first African-American woman to be promoted head of personnel at NASA. She was the head of the West Area Computer, leading a group of African-American mathematicians through crucial space projects. And finally, you have Mary Jackson. She was a mathematician and NASA's first black female engineer in 1958. She influenced the hiring and promoting of women in science, engineering, and mathematics careers at NASA. These are just some of the females throughout history who have paved the way, not only for females, but mankind. Outside of seeing females as people who give birth and caregivers and a counterpart to a less impressive man, although they do do that too, they are very talented and have left their mark on the world. They continue to inspire and help to create a more loving future. However, there still is a big problem and a big issue I see in today's women, and that's their struggle with confidence. If this podcast didn't make you feel like you can overcome your struggles, look at how you affect the people around you. And look at your art form, whether it's singing or dancing or drawing or writing or something as simple as lighting up a room when you walk in. Regardless of what it is, I've never met a woman who hasn't brought something to the table, and it's time to stop waiting for approval of your physical appearance and start making strides in your inner beauties and gifts. Because for now, this might be a man's world, but it wouldn't be nothing without a woman or a girl. This is the end of today's podcast, and hopefully you liked it and smiled a little and learned a lot today. I hope you are able to take lessons from this. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave a clap or share or send a message about your favorite parts or where I could have improved. The next episode will either be an interview with one of the best rappers I know or the logic behind why I don't believe love is attainable. I know people have been waiting on an explanation about that, so I figure I might as well make that an episode. Outside of that, I should be releasing an episode on how to be happy. Maybe that will come sooner than later. But also, you'll have to tune in. And again, this is Third World Living. Thank you for tuning in and Kings out.